You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe on this Wednesday morning, alongside the Washita citizen Jake Martin. What up, Jake? Howdy. How we doing? Good. Plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. You're always welcome to chime in, weigh in, text in. It's called the Stuart Shelby State from Hotline slash Text Line eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote, as we always do on. Right at the top of the hour, we lead off with some headlines. Where would say, you like to go? I said, what makes uh, Wednesday so special with headlines? Yeah, uh, I think we got to go with some baseball. Had some baseball action last night. It actually turned out to be a, a nice day. It felt like baseball weather yeah. uh, yesterday afternoon, last night. Of course, uh, the weather will be changing on us later today if it hasn't so already where you live. But last night, yesterday, pretty cool. Opportunity to get out and watch some college baseball. Yes, indeed, and a lot of victories around the area. Uh, Louisiana Tech pulled out one five to one. Um, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech's pitching staff, I thought, really had an impressive performance at Pepperdine this past weekend. That's continued. Uh, you know, last night David Lill only gives up three hits and strikes out six, gives up no earned runs in seven innings, mm. and then Quentin Logan had yet another great outing out of the pen. He had two strikeouts and only gave up a hit in, in the last two innings. So In that series against Pepperdine, they went 2-2, two and two, but you look at the uh, pitching statistics from them, I mean, literally had them ranked uh, in the top 20 in the country in what they accomplished yeah. against Pepperdine, an ERA of like 1.8-something. That just continues to roll along with a big performance last night versus McNeese. Exactly. And uh, uh, still, Netterville had a couple of clutch hits, and uh, Louisiana Tech had one really big inning where they scored – all five of their runs, and the rest was really the pitching staff just having a, a yet another great outing. Nice start to this uh, homestand. The home opener for the Duncan Dogs last night are reported 1,920 at J.C. Love Field, so a nice turnout for the Bulldogs. They will return to action this weekend versus SIU Edwardsville. Uh, Jake will be giving us a scout report <laughs> on them during the 8 o'clock hour. I don't know why you hesitated saying their name. I mean, everybody <laughs> knows them, Aaron. Uh, their nickname? <laughs> uh, the Mustangs. Taking a shot in the dark there. S-I-U Edwardsville. Right. You don't have their mascot? I'll work on it. Get, Get the, the IT team on it. There you go. Big win for Tech right down the road. Uh, Grambling played a doubleheader versus Wiley. They hammer them. In the afternoon, game 15-5, to five, then followed that up by winning a squeaker 6-5. to five, The biggest story in this game, Richard Ortiz had three home runs for the Grambling Tigers. Two wins for them versus Wiley. That's number two and three for the Grambling Tigers on the year. ULM at home versus Northwestern State. Hey, look at this. We're just four games into the season but they now have a fourth of their win total from last year. The Warhawks <laughs> are now 3-1 and one on the year. They knock off Northwestern State, a demon squad that had a lot of previous success coming to Warhawk Field. They had won five of their previous six matchups at ULM. Mm-hmm. But on this night, the Warhawks, the better team, 11-6. to six. So two things. One, the SIUE Cougars. All right. So that was close. Not a bad shot in the dark. Uh, and about ULM. 
So this game was cool because a you got to see a former OCS Eagle with a big at bat last night, although it, it was against ULM. Ty O'Neill making his first appearance, I believe, in the collegiate ranks. It was odd uh, going up against a former uh, Eagle in uh, Cade Harper. Yeah. But uh, O'Neill did give up a three-run blast late in that game. Uh, Peyton Lacoste had that homer in the eighth inning. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the fact that I think the biggest story coming from this game, I know you've been wanting to tell this, this is one of the better stories of the year so far. Yeah, we'll uh, attempt to read the uh, Facebook post later in the show and also have some sound from uh, Federico. But Cole Hendricks from Allah uh, lost his mother just a few weeks ago. His mother, uh, actually they have a, they wore a little symbol on their helmets for the rest of the year dedicating the season to her. He made an appearance in the game, pitched uh, strong, uh, pretty remarkable just uh, what this family has gone through and then how they received the support of the Warhawks and Coach Fed. I'll attempt to read the post Facebook page later in the show. If you can get through it. Yeah, very emotional stuff. Uh, takeaways from this game. Hey, it's a win for ULM. First and foremost, uh, yes. This was actually the first time that I watched uh, ULM this year. My biggest takeaways, and I know it's early in the year, but just the vibe that you get from the dugout and how they're into the game and you know they're excited and they're playing for each other, <clears throat> it's obvious to see that compared to last year. It's not like they weren't pulling for each other last year. It just wasn't like everybody was all in. You know what I'm saying? I do, and I understand there when there's frustration at the top, that can trickle down. Mm -hmm. That can trickle down to the players, and you kind of saw that in the players. This year, everybody's fresh, excited, everything's new. The, the, the challenge is keeping that going mm -hmm. as, as you get into that grind of the season. Uh, the fact that they just had six hits last night and they score 11 runs, not too shabby. Very productive with the limited hits for ULM. Now, of course, uh, they look forward to three more games this weekend versus Northern Kentucky. Yeah, Northern Kentucky team that is one and two. Mm. Quint's got a pretty good question for you. One other thing about ULM baseball. Uh, I thought it was a nice crowd last night. Northwestern State may have had something to do that. You know, at some point, I tried to go scan the crowd and kind of put a number. There had to be close to 1,000 a, a people there yesterday, last night. Well, so I thought it wasn't bad for a Tuesday night. For as night. much as we bash yeah. and talk about that, yes, it's also good to point that out uh, that when they actually do have good crowds. So good good, good, good for that. Um, Quint asked this, Aaron. This is a pretty fun question. How would the seating look if boys basketball did a statewide tournament with no districts or divisions? Would Ravel be number one? They'd be in the top three. They'd have to be, yeah. right? I mean – Earlier, I know it didn't count, but they did beat Riverside. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that that was supposed to be the number nine team in the country, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look at how Ray The highlights that I see from this kid from Scotlandville. <laughs> yeah, Javante Smart, yes. And what he continues to do in a night-in, night-out basis. He's I, nasty. I think his senior night, he put 51 on the he board. He did. He puts up 50 quite a bit. Uh, he, he does. He drops 50 quite a bit. He's He's a little arrogant. He he lets you know about it yeah. on Twitter. That's well, what you're referring and then, to. Uh, after a couple shots or two or dunks, he kind of, you know, lets it be known who he is. Yeah, well, he's he's a big deal yeah. around those parts, and yeah. uh, there's a reason it was, you know, really big when he decided to go to LSU. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, staying on point with uh, college baseball, we did have some news from LSU yesterday, and it is not <laughs> good news. No, uh, Josh Smith has a stress. 
reaction in his back, so he is out at least a month. Now, this is trouble for the lineup more so than anything else, I feel. Because if you'll recall, you know, Josh Smith had a great freshman season last year, hit for 281, and earlier this year he had that three-run homer that, that put LSU over the top, and, and it's, only, it's only one in the season thus far against Notre Dame. But in the field, yes, you're having to replace your shortstop, but everything I've heard about this Hal Hughes kid, I think I don't think they're going to miss a beat in the field. I think he this Hal Hughes kid's going to be great, uh, a, a great shortstop. The only problem is, from what I've learned, I've heard is he, he doesn't have the bat to back it up. He doesn't have Josh Smith's bat. So somebody else is going to have to step up in that lineup, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what tweaks pulmonary does for that lineup but yeah that's a that's a big blow for the, the start of the season i mean you're talking about a freshman all-american selection last year and as jake talked about hit that big home run against notre dame that three-run shot on friday uh maneri says uh smith's back had been bothering him a few days and he tried to play courageously through it all weekend i could tell he was a step slow out there at shortstop he didn't swing great but he did have that home run in game one he said uh, Smith was extremely emotional when he broke the news to him that he will be out a minimum of four to six weeks. Maneri went on to say, though, you know, we'll be anxious for him to come back. When he's back healthy, he'll be ready to go. It uh, does move around a little bit to the different options there in the infield. It does also mean uh, Jake Slaughter will be back starting come tonight versus New Orleans at third base. And the good news is Hunter Fiducia will return tonight. So he'll play. At, he'll be the catcher tonight for the Tigers. That's big news. And also, I want to see what Cam Sanders looks like, the, the um, young pitcher who Paul Maneri, you know, before the season started, d- described him as um, or compared him to Aaron Nola, which is, you know, definitely a high, a high mark to, to compare somebody to. But I want to see what he looks like. I think – if LSU is going to be successful this year, I think they're going to have to make some switches with the starting pitching. And so I'm, I'm anxious to see how these, these younger pitchers look. And uh, you start that tonight against New Orleans. Well, he did announce, too, that they're going to switch Hess and Gilbert around in their rotation. Yeah, but I think there needs to be more switching done, if you know what I mean. I, I, I want to see Hess back in that closer role. Mm. Uh, Chris Reed, who started at third base on Sunday, could also be a backup option for Maneri at shortstop as they move forward at this point i mean you were literally three games into the season you're starting to feel like uh, lsu baseball is a little jinxed (laughs) it's starting to feel that way they might have been jinxed when eric walker got hurt last year you know uh as soon as eric walker got hurt that's when i looked at the season i was like you know what there it's gonna be a struggle Mm. just because you're having to place that whole pitching staff and so yeah um but hey you get a chance to play a lot of young players and see how they do in this in this uh, environment, and, you know, maybe maybe they respond. Who knows? I think this lineup's going to be good enough to kind of carry them through some games. All right. The other thing that, of course, came out of uh, LSU's press conference, and, and this, you hate it when this happens and you really cringe, when coaches at other universities, colleges, and programs have to comment on oh, another man. program. So Paul Maneri, Paul Maneri, he will step to the podium or he'll, he'll do the, the press conferences, and he'll ask anything that you want. You ask the question. He's going to give you a response. He's great. He's phenomenal. He's a little speechless, and rightfully so, (laughs) when he's asked about the situation with Andy Canizero at Mississippi State, that program moving forward. And he basically said, hey, man, I don't have much to say about this. And, you know, we can rehash a little bit about the 
the frigid relationship that developed between these two, his former yeah. hitting coach, yeah, and how yeah. that played out last year. Uh, but, man, it's unfortunate. Then he's the one that has to go in front of the microphones and have to try to stammer out a word or two about the situation at Mississippi State and how it hurts college baseball. I hate that for him, but can you imagine what the players are going to go through at Mississippi yeah. State today? I mean, that's that's going to be tough. That's going to be the really tough thing because yeah. they're going to have to answer questions, and it's questions they don't have answers to. So, yeah, this is just an unfortunate situation for everyone close to them. All right, uh, let's just recap what happened in the last uh, 24, 36 hours with the situation at Mississippi State. Obviously, Andy Canizero is out as Mississippi State's baseball coach just three games into the season. They formally announced uh, yesterday his resignation yeah. after news leaked on Monday night that uh, some would say the popular, successful second-year coach was out in Stark Vegas. He releases a statement through the school. It says, I had a wonderful opportunity at Mississippi State, but unfortunately I made some poor decisions. I hope Mississippi State University and all the fans and people affected will one day forgive me. Gary Henderson has taken over as the interim head coach. He was the pitching coach, the guy that came from Kentucky. The AD, and I will get into this in a, sec a second, John Cohen issued a statement, said, while the circumstances are difficult, we are fortunate to have a coach of Gary Henderson's can uh, caliber to assume leadership of the program. All right, a couple things on this. First of all, it's nice he sent out a press release. But if you're the school you have to still get out in front of this story or at least steer it in the right direction. As an administrator, you're getting paid well. And your responsibility is to take control of this program. And some would say he did just that by firing Andy Cannizzaro. Yeah. But you still have well, to set you still have to step up to the podium and you still have to make and answer some questions. And all of us with the right minds, and there are some of those in the media understand there are some things that you can say and you cannot say and right. some questions that you cannot answer. But without a doubt, you still have to go through the task of standing out there, up there, and answering some important questions and, of course, moving this story mm -hmm. in a different direction or at least attempt to move it in a different direction. By taking this route, this opens up and continues to leave the message boards just uh, buzzing and moves the story in a direction that you do not want it to be. It's and, not, and then it also throws out, puts your players and your interim head coach in just a horrible situation, as Jake mentioned, said, oh, by the way, they're going to be available after tonight's game against Jackson State. So all the media, they probably weren't going to take that road trip, will now be in Jackson, absolutely. and they're going to be coming after the players and, of course, the interim head coach. As an AD, you stand up in front of the cameras and in front of reporters you make your statement, and you hope the story moves forward, or at least you push it forward. All you have to do is look back at the situation at Louisiana Tech, Tyler Summit. That was even more of a dicier situation, we believe. Tommy McClellan, he didn't want to do it, but he still got up there, and he attempted to move the story in a different direction. Look in your own state, Ole Miss. Yeah. They just had a similar situation with Hugh Freeze, and they, they stood in front, and they got ahead of it. And, yes – it's uncomfortable. Yes, they're going to be asked questions that you simply can't answer, but you still have to do it. You still have to push the story forward, like you said, or else the story's not going to die. You're still going to have question after question after question in moments where really you should be asking questions about the game. And so that's, that's what's unfortunate. And like you said, the message boards are just feeding into that.
Mississippi State versus Jackson State tonight. <laughs> Lots of entry. <laughs> Uh, those are a few of the headlines. We got more coming up. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Painful. Dr. Saul Graves will join us for uh, his weekly visit coming up. The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Is this crying? Dr. Saul Graves will join us for his weekly visit at 7.30. we got a number of uh, injuries to discuss, including Josh Smith. Hey, and you could even ask about Andrew Lucky if you know. want. <laughs> so that news uh, comes out this morning. Lux, quote, the ship has sailed on another surgery, correct? Yeah. He Saul's said, probably going to cringe. This Why is do we what, always got to keep bringing up Well, Andrew listen, Luck? hold on. This is what my, my favorite. His quote is like this because Stevie – so it's with Peter King uh, from Sports Illustrated. Almost said Stephen King. And so uh, Peter King sits down, and, of course, he wants to talk about the surgery. And Luck just goes, oh, surgery is not an option for me right now. I feel very, very good about where I am, so that ship has sailed in my mind, which is also a bit of relief. I'm not going to lie. Should have been Stephen King. Misery. <laughs> <laughs> what Andrew Luck and that franchise continue to go through. Not bad, eh? Yeah, thank you. Dr. Saul Grace at 7.30. Brooke Storm will join us for her weekly visit at 7.45. Keith Richard coming up at 8 o'clock. Warhawks going on the road this week. The Red Hot. Red Hot. Squad. Red Hot Hawks. Also, we've got the poll results in there. I don't think you're going to like it. It's not the slam dunk, but it's the best college basketball traditions. That We can have some fun with that. Come on. He rolls his eyes at me. That's good radio, Aaron. That's coming up tomorrow, Top Ten Thursday. It'll be a two-and-a-half-minute segment. Oh, stop. <laughs> Will you stop? 888-993-7762. We are off and running on the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 977. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. 
We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. I, uh, full disclosure, uh, LSU propaganda a segment is about to happen here with Jake uh, beating Will Wade's drum. Easy, easy, go away. Um, so here's the deal. We have LSU takes care of Andy last night, 88-78. We will get into that game here in a second. In a second. But first, I want to continue the conversation we had yesterday because you act like it was simply idiotic and crazy to think that LSU still has a chance to get into the NCAA tournament. Do you still feel that way, Aaron? I'm sure you got some statistics from Billy Bob and his uh, math uh, bracketology. From Team Rankins. Uh, all right, so – this was all right. It, this team rankings gives LSU a 44% chance at obtaining an at-large bid if it gets to 20 wins. Now, right. they're at 16 wins. Right there, just stop there. Okay, so they're at 16 wins. Yes. If they get to 20 wins, so they would have to finish out the regular season four and zero. Uh, now three and zero. Okay. They have three games left against team. The only team that's ranked higher than them is Mississippi State. That's the only tough game re- remaining. So they could easily win. Two, two of those. If they remain consistent and they've been playing well, if they continue to play at the level that they're playing, I think they have a chance to finish out uh, the regular season winning all three of those games. If they do that, that's 19 wins. All right. So they would need to win one more game, which would be in the SEC tournament. Now, if LSU gets to 21 wins, which would be win out and win two games in the SEC tournament, 80.4% chance they get into the dance. Okay? So let's not act like it's it's out of the realm of possibility. It's mm. still feasible. Especially after what you watched last night against the Vandy team that's uh, not exactly uh, world beaters. No. But when uh, Tremont Waters plays as well as he did, the freshman, again, another spectacular performance, 28 points, 9 assists, he threw in uh, 4 rebounds. You give him a fighting chance. Yeah, the problem is consistency. They have to be more consistent. Uh, and if he plays like that, which he was Rondo, that, that was probably his best performance of the year. He's had a, a couple of real standout performances, but that that was special. Uh, not only did he uh, score 28 points and, and do it in a fashion where he was looking like Rajon Rondo going through the lane with the, the fake layup and then coming back on the other side, uh, but he also had nine assists and actually – uh, broke the record for most assists by a freshman, LSU freshman, uh, in, in a single season. Um, and he was he was throwing some dimes to Wade Sims. Wade Sims really benefited from um, his, his amazing passes. But let me tell you this. What I found interesting about last night is, you know, LSU and Vanderbilt played earlier this year, and Duop Reith went for 31 points the first time, but he only had two shot attempts last night. Wade Sims was the guy last night. And uh, – you know, that just goes to show you that Will Wade's constantly changing it up. And when uh, let's just say this. If Tremont Waters plays like he did last night, if he's special like that, which now that's back-to-back games where he was really carrying this team, if he continues to play at that level consistently, 
I give them a good chance. I think they can they can make it happen. Mm. And that again, it's it's consistency. I wouldn't say you know this team has had a whole lot of consistency this year, but you know if he plays at that level, I think they can win out, maybe get two wins. The only thing last night did for me was guarantee that LSU will not have and they will have a winning record. Winning it does. It, it yeah, statistically they will absolutely have a winning record, which is pretty remarkable when you think about how bad remarkable how bad they were last year. You're adding just Tremont Waters to the mix. LSU and a takes of care of the Commodores last night. Uh, Vandy now falls to eleven and seventeen on the season, five and ten in the conference. Yes. Uh, one of those wins for Vandy was against LSU. It was. It was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, you, you love to poke fun at it, but it's mathematically possible. And once again, Will Wade was asked about it in his postgame press conference about uh, their postseason opportunities, correct? Correct. Here's what he had to say. Well, I told our guys, I told our guys, you know, I've addressed it a little bit with them. I told them, I said, you know, I told him what I think moving forward. And uh, I said, look, I said, I'm not saying this to put pressure on you, but pressure is a privilege. Like, it beats the hell out of, you know, not playing for anything. So we certainly have stuff ahead of us, and we're prepared for it. That's why we work. That's why we do these road games. And, you know, people always want to have great seasons, but the key to having great seasons is you got to dig out some big wins in late February. And so – our whole thing is going to come down to this is why we've worked so hard. This is why we do everything we do in the summer. This is why we do everything we do. Are we going to be able to dig some of these things out? Are we at a point now where when we get on the big stage and where we get in these big games, can we do it? The answer earlier in the year was no, and we'll see You know, we'll see how it goes now. I think we're more mature, but we'll see. And, you know, it's good experience for us. One, you know, one way or the other, it's going to be good experience for us. We either learn from it and – Use it next year because we'll have the same type pressure on us. It may not be to get the NCAA tournament. Maybe we're in a conference championship race. It may be, you know, but but there's there's um, you know it, it's it's a privilege that we're doing this. It beats the heck out of playing for nothing and just playing it out down the stretch. And you know we've got you know I don't know what our what our odds are. I just know we need to win as many games as as possible. And and certainly Saturday at Georgia is critical. Will Wade, just call up Jake Martin. He will find you the odds. <laughs> From Billy Bob's bracket. Yeah. One more quick thing on college basketball. Michigan State's emotional goodbyes for the seniors last night. I don't know if you got to see this. They were playing Illinois, and they did the typical thing where they fouled Illinois and got to sub out their seniors and let them have that moment. Pretty cool moment because Tom Izzo, was, uh, he actually started crying watching his seniors come out. And look. We don't know, you know, what Izzo knew or how he ran things behind closed doors, but we do know that, you know, these seniors, you know, for them to go through all this, all everything surrounding Michigan State, and for them to still go 27-3 despite it, I thought it was a very cool earned moment for each of them, and I uh, thought that was pretty cool. Or maybe he just realized it was his final senior class. That he'd be honored at Michigan State. Maybe so. Uh, did you make much of it? And it was news yesterday, splashy headlines, breaks yesterday that Louisville lost its appeal and must now vacate <laughs> its 2013 national title. Well, the best part is the whole thing. And I know you all have seen this by now. The whole thing surrounding the tattoo. Yeah. How was he going to get that removed? Yeah. So they get the 2013 championship vacated. 
meant, of course, referencing uh, Rick Pitino has a tattoo on uh, his left shoulder blade. Yes. It's, it looks very good. That's horrible that no, I know where his uh, tattoo well, is. Well, you've seen it a thousand <laughs> times. I mean, every time, and especially yesterday, it's been kept showing pictures of it, and it's all over social media. Yeah. Do we care when they say that uh, they must forfeit or vacate their title? I don't. I'm still going to remember them as the national champs that year. Exactly. I, it's the same. I mean, it's I, Reggie Bush. It's Reggie Bush. I was yeah. just about to go there. I mean, we we have this thing happen over and over, and it's like, look, I, I saw that happen. I know how great of a team that was. I know what they did. It's It doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> Jake sounds like the most impartial, typical LSU fan, that coming from Cole. I'm just pointing out. Facts and statistics, <laughs> just spewing it out like, like I'm some type of statistician. I don't yeah, or he works for the LSU SID department. Well, 888-993-7762. Nice win for LSU versus Vandy. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. Tremont Waters was incredible. He really was. Yeah. He really was. Uh, coming up next, Dr. Saul Graves joins us for his weekly visit. Keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. If you got a question or two or a comment for Dr. Saul Graves, hit us up. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. So many people view the Christian walk as a series of do's and don'ts, a list of behaviors to be kept. But Christ came for freedom so we would no longer be slaves to the law, but instead would be redeemed through his death, through grace. It seems like such an easy thing. God takes something that seems incomprehensible to our finite minds, our redemption, and makes it accessible to us through Jesus' death on the cross. That in itself should make us take a serious look at the truth embodied in Jesus Christ. It's simple. The truth will set you free. What truth do you know and understand? Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. We interrupt uh, Jake's uh, LSU propaganda for a segment with uh, Dr. Saul Graves, an LSU graduate, though. Dr. Saul Graves, how are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, I'm doing fine. Jake's trying to tell me how LSU is an NCAA tournament team. I am not. I'm trying to tell you <laughs> that it's still a possibility. Uh, 
Are you all in with that? Right. The, so. They've got a chance. They've got a chance. <laughs> uh, I got a number of questions for you. But I'm just curious, and I think a lot of listeners out there are also. What What is a typical day like for you, Saul, per, when it's not a sur- day you're having surgeries, but just that you're in the clinic? Well, what is it like for you? Well, actually, most days I do have surgery. Actually, there's just one day that I don't do surgery on. But, but even on the days that I do surgery, I'm still in clinic typically uh, all morning. Um, you know, the day that I do that I don't do surgery on, which is which is Tuesday, I'm in clinic in the morning and afternoon. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, the majority of time that I spend is actually in clinic and, and not in surgery. And it's, it's actually a small percentage of patients that we that we end up operating on. So most of what we do as orthopedic surgeons is, is, you know, take care of people who don't need surgery. Hmm. And, and that's enjoyable. It's a chance to, to talk to people, visit with people, figure out what's going on with them and, and, you know, try to get them better with, without having to do surgery. Uh, unfortunately, you know, in, in, in some cases that, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And so we, ha- we do have to do surgery, but you know, I'll, I'll see anywhere from, from 25 to 30 patients typically on a half day clinic and, a lot of those are, are patients that I've, that I've either done surgery on or I've seen previously that come back with follow-up visits. But many of them are new patients that are coming in, you know, with a with a, a new issue or, or a problem that uh, you know we have to diagnose and and uh, figure out the best treatment plan for them. Uh, this isn't for, certainly your first rodeo, but is there a day that passes or, or some, a day that somebody will come in and you'll see something that actually surprises you now? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> It happens all the time. You know, I think that, uh, you know, sometimes we get surprised by, by how people heal. You know, I think that that's, uh, especially with, with broken bones and, and fractures and, uh, you know, the way God heals bones is just amazing. And so, you know, we'll see things that, you know, you just think that, that, uh, that are crooked and, and they straighten out because of, the, because of the, the remodeling process that we go through. Then there's also things that, that, that I see that, that – um, you know, you just sort of you, you you either haven't seen before, or it's been a long time since they're so rare that they occur, and and, uh, and so that's what makes it interesting. You know, nobody's the same, and and uh, and there's also that you'll you'll find in medicine in general, is there's not always just a straight forward answer for everything, and there's there's some uh, there's some art to it as far as how you treat people. Everybody has a different opinion about how things can be treated, and and so. Uh, you know, through experience and and um, you know what you've learned, you, you try to try to put that into practice and figure out the best way to get somebody better. As with all these cases, you don't know the specifics. We just ask you in general about them. But there's big news down at LSU with Josh Smith now being out uh, four to six weeks. Uh, Paul Maneri called it a stress reaction in his back. How is stress reaction perhaps different than a than a stress fracture? Well, they, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of a, a continuum. You know, a stress fracture, our stress reaction is, is really just an early stress fracture. There's some weakness in the bone, there's inflammation in the bone, and it ultimately could lead to a stress fracture. And it's actually very, very common. And you know, we see it quite a bit, especially in, in, um, in high school athletes. I see far more um, kids with, with stress fractures and stress reactions in the back. In, in high school ages than I do in, in college, but it can happen in both. And it's, um, you know, you, when you think about, you know, what a college baseball player goes through and, and you know, it could be from weightlifting that, that could have caused it. it. It could have been from, from swinging a bat that, that could have caused it or the combination of the two. It, it's basically 
result of excessive stress on your back, and, and typically it's it's hyperextension type stress, meaning when you when you arch your back, that's where you see it most, and so that's why things like like power cleans, uh, squats, those type of things uh, put a lot of stress in the low, on the low back. Um, we see it, we see it in certain sports more than others. Um, uh, offensive linemen tend to get stress fractures in the back uh, more than any other position in football, mainly because they're they're arching their back so much when they block. Gymnasts and cheerleaders because they they arch their back in, in many cases. High jumpers, pole vaulters, people like that tend to get it as well. And uh, it also happens in, in baseball players, as we see. And I think it, I think people might find it interesting. You know, um, Mark Laird, who who many people remember from here, who you know went down to LSU and started uh, for for three years there. Uh, one of the one of the main reasons in my mind that he didn't get a college scholarship to base in baseball coming out of high school was because he missed his entire junior year of baseball uh, because of this exact thing, a stress wow. reaction uh, uh, in his back that uh, you know, he tried to play one or two games and, and had to just shut it down because of because of that for his whole junior year. And, and so that's that's the other factor here with Josh Smith is that although they say you know, he's going to rest completely for four weeks, there's a chance it may be much longer than that uh, before he's able to come back. The typical – Stress fracture takes usually about three months to get back from, and you know, with the stress reaction, hopefully it'll be a little bit quicker than that. But uh, it's definitely a tough injury to to uh, deal with because you, you just have to rest and you can't do anything to to allow it to heal. A lot of people forget about that with Mark Laird and his incredible high school career. How he did not play his uh, junior campaign out there at OCS on the baseball field. I uh, got a, a text here, a question on the text line. If you have an athlete with an ACL surgery, what are the parameters for releasing them back to play? And if you do release them, are there any restrictions once they are released? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and, and there you know there's a, a lot of uh, debate about the about what the best test or, or mechanism is to determine when when somebody's ready to go back to play. And uh, we know one thing you know you can't really test how how um, how well the, the graft has vascularized, how well it's become a, a normal ligament. And so we have to do that just based on, you know, sort of scientific studies that show how long it takes for an ACL uh, to get back to, to normal. Um, and even then, there's still some debate on that. But, but no matter how good somebody's doing, I'm not going to let them go back to sports typically till, till five or six months. Uh, uh, it's very rare that I would, I would err and let somebody go back earlier than that. But the typical scenario, as far as you know, how do I you know determine what they're gonna when they're gonna be ready? You know, first of all, you know what their what their knee looks like just on exam. You know, does it feel good? Is it stable? Do they have any stuff of swelling in their knee? Um, is are their quads firing well? Are they strong? And then we actually do something uh, called a, a functional uh, strength test, and basically it's a series of uh, activities or tests that they go through to test that knee compared to the opposite knee. So it'll be things like single leg hop for distance, uh, a single leg hop for, for just a single hop, and also uh, three consecutive hops, a vertical jump, a uh, shuttle run, uh, and then different, different things like that to, to test all aspects uh, of how they're, how they're recovering. Used to, we just did what was called a Cybex test, where it was just basically like a leg extension machine that they would get on and, and try to determine how strong their leg was. And, and the reason why I didn't like that quite as much is because it didn't really test what it was going to be like when they when they get back to sports. 
and so if they pass that test, which usually I like to see about 95% um, score, in other words, it's just 5% weaker than the other leg, then I'll let them go back to begin doing, you know, more um, sports-specific um, type things. In other words, maybe not uh, have contact in football, but go through non-contact drills, and as they progress with that, let them return back to play. Uh, NFL released stats for season injuries this year, uh, data on ACL, MCL injuries, very similar to previous years. The one stat that did stand out, 6.9 injuries per game reported on Thursday night games, a 6.1.6% uh, from last year. If you want to put that in perspective, uh, games on Sunday and Monday, a reported average of 6.3 injuries per game. Anything about those statistics uh, surprise you at all, Dr. Salgraves? Yeah, it actually, um, I was surprised that it wasn't a little higher than that on Thursday night games because I, I do think it, it's a, it's it's um, a very, very difficult thing when you talk about football to turn around and play a game on three days rest. And yeah. uh, I, I don't think it's in the best interest for the players. And, and I, obviously those stats show that there is a little higher instance of, of injury. I thought that it might be a little higher than that. Um so I think it's strictly in, in, you know, in the NFL. So a lot of it's about making money, and 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 that's what they're doing. You know, they're playing games on Thursday night to try to do, to um, uh, to generate more income uh, for for the NFL. And I don't think it's in the best interest of the players because I do think it puts them at, at a little bit greater risk of injury. And obviously, those numbers show that. Although it's not again as high as I as I thought it might be. Our least favorite topic, Andrew Luck, and it only seems fitting that this news comes out late last night and early this morning. Andrew Luck says the thought of having a second surgery on his right shoulder has sailed. He says surgery is not an option for him right now. That ship has sailed in my mind, which is also a bit of a relief. I'm going. I'm not going to lie. So Andrew Luck uh, is now a complete overhaul in the past 13 months on that uh, shoulder. Uh, I, I guess it's because of the time frame that the ship has sailed, or perhaps he's feeling that much more comfortable in his shoulder. Not to put words in his mouth. That's all. Yeah, so I have not seen that report. So he's saying that he's not going to have surgery. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, he's moving. Forward. Yeah. So I, and, and obviously, you know, it is late in the game now. Now here in, in February, and, and and you talk about having surgery now, and that definitely would would impact his ability to play uh, in the fall. And, and so. You know, he actually you know, he showed initially that he could play through it uh, when he tore it. You know, he played almost the whole season with the labor torn. So, um, yeah, I can understand what he's what he's what his thinking is. You know, it's not. I don't think he has instability episodes. I mean, I don't think his shoulder is coming out of socket, which would obviously be very difficult to play with. But it sounds like it's more just a, a pain issue. And 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 maybe you're right. Maybe he is feeling feeling that much better now. And and as a result, uh, feels like he could go ahead. and and give it a go without having surgery again. Saul, if we need your assistance, where can we find you? Well, we've got our three locations, our main office on Louisville and in Monroe, and, and our satellite locations in West Monroe and, and Ruston. Appreciate it, bud. See you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And, uh, uh, Jay, keep up the, keep the faith, man. I'm, I'm a believer. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Oh, man. See, he knows. Yeah. He knows what's up. That was good stuff with Dr. Saul Graves. I for, you forget about Mark Laird and his, his junior campaign, of course, missing the entire thing and what that did for the setback of him recruiting because everybody's like, well, how does Mark Laird fall between the cracks? And basically he fell in uh, Palmineri's lap uh, going down there to play football, walking on, and then, of course, they had some different injuries and then the draft, and then all of a sudden Maneri's like, oh, what about that kid that's on mm -hmm. campus? Mm -hmm.
He had a special season. And then all of a sudden, he, he's, he's starting as a freshman. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Good luck on LSU's part there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It was. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's right. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Brooks Store, Lady Texter's head coach, joins us for her weekly review. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. New year, new you. Let Pata's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99. Or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in Pata's. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Pata's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job back at the Sports Talk headquarters in Ruston. Join us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline for her weekly visit. Lady Texter's head coach, Brooke Story. How are you doing this morning, coach? Doing great. How are you guys? Good. Coach, I know you can't get into specifics, but it, and we've talked a lot about your schedule this year. It's an odd uh, situation with your schedule for the final two weeks, but this is actually probably pretty good news, an opportunity for you just to play one game a week over the course of the next two weeks. But my question is, this gives you an opportunity perhaps to get out on the road and do a little recruiting. I'm always curious, uh, what's the dynamic and how has it changed how you evaluate a player-slash-athlete whether they're in a game during the high school season and then during the summer in a tournament play, AAU style? Well, I think, you know, they're, they're varying different levels of, um, you know, competition. And so I, I think sometimes it's hard, you know, people say, well, you know, you don't recruit kids from a smaller classification or whatever. We've recruited kids that, number one, have a few non-negotiables. And for us, you know, do you have a high motor? Are you, are you active? Are you playing hard while you're out there? Obviously, you got to have a skill set. We want people that can handle the ball, can score the basketball at this level, 
you know, we've got to find we've got to find players that can score the basketball that want to score the basketball. We can teach them how we want them to defend. Most players don't know how to defend until they get to this level um, anyway. And we've got to find players that want to score the basketball and are capable of scoring it in a number of different ways. And so, you know, as as we're looking from a skill set standpoint and just from on court stuff, you know, those are things that we're, you know, definitely looking for. Um, and then probably the biggest is, you know, just from that character component, who are you in the classroom? How do you take care of your business off the court? How are you going to represent our program? And I just think there's, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, there are opportunities to go get a, a really, really good player, but are they going to be the right fit for your program? Are they going to be coachable? Can they handle, you know, having some uh, some discipline and accountability and, some of the things that, you know, some coaches may demand of their players may not be what, you know, what they're used to and can they handle that. Um, you know, just, there's just a lot that goes into it. So, yeah, this week's been really big. I uh, was on the road uh, late last night. Um, was Scott was on the road Monday. I'll be out again today. We've got uh, morning practice tomorrow. We'll be out again tomorrow and then leave on uh, Friday for, for UAB. So it's been a busy week for us as a staff, just trying to make sure that we're preparing our team. And one good thing is we've played UAB once already. So, and, you know, pretty, pretty close, you know, a couple weeks ago. So our players are very familiar with them. So it's not like we've got to reteach a lot of stuff, just making some adjustments and changes and, and things like that. So it's been a really big week for us. Not a lot of rest for our staff, but um, the really good thing is we've been able to get some rest for our players give them an extra day off, get, make sure that they're academically ready to go. We're entering into finals this week, so that's another difficult um, test for our team to be able to go on the road while we're in finals. Two follow-up questions to that. So you're there in person and you're watching a player or a couple different athletes. How much can you gain from just body language and perhaps some of the intangibles that you cannot get from just watching a film or huddle? Oh, a ton, and especially right now, you're we're in playoff time, and, and you know your team. It's winner go home for these kids, and your team is counting on you. And when the anybody can play at a certain time, when the scores, you know, in not you know not in question, and the game's not on the line. But what do you do when there's pre, when there's some pressure on you? And you know, I had a great example last night. It was a very close game, and I was able to see a kid in, in a really tough situation and how did she lead her team and what was her body language like when something didn't go her way? Um, did she sprint off the floor, at, you know, out of a timeout after, you know, the team um, scored on them and, and their coach called timeout? How is she in the huddle? What is she doing when she's on the bench um, for her teammates and, and how engaged is she? So there's a ton, you know, I just think there's a lot of things that, um, you know, a lot of coaches just are, are looking strictly at a skill set. And, yes, that it, you, you obviously have to be able to play, but what are you bringing to the program other than um, your ability to play? How are you making your teammates better, and, and what are you doing to, to call success for your team? One other question. Uh, you're recruiting base, and you've done extremely well in this state, Texas, Arkansas, and also Mississippi. And now we are now in the quarterfinals of the playoffs for Louisiana girls high school basketball. Is there a difference in style of play of those states? I think so. I think, and, and I think it's all cyclical. You know, I think the the class uh, 2019 is really good in the state of Louisiana. I think from top to bottom, um, I think there are a number of Division One athletes in the state for that class. And so, you know, I think some of it too is is determined by you know what area of the state you're recruiting and. 
um, you know, like you said, the region. Um, but but overall, you know, basketball is basketball. We're looking for for those things that that I talked about. You know, what kind of what kind of player are you when the game's on the line? When you got a little bit of pressure, you know, what's your motor like? How how can you handle the ball? How can you um, make decisions um, in tough situations? So, and then obviously being able to score the basketball. So I, you know, basketball is basketball. Um, you know, certain programs and certain coaches are going to coach a certain way, but um, for the most part, you know, it's 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 cyclical in terms of you know a really good year in a certain state and things like that. So, you know, we just try to do a really good job of identifying those players early on. Um, you know, they're freshmen sophomore year so we can really watch them and, and get a good evaluation from them at the high school level and at the club level um, and then just throughout their their high school career in terms of what their academic um, transcript looks like all right late texture 17 and 10 overall eight and six in conference play with two regular season games remaining as we mentioned two games over the span of two weeks both of them on the road as you look at the the standings in Conference USA, how important are these two games for your guys' seeding in postseason play, Brooke? Well, it's big. You know, you're playing for we're playing for something right now, as a, as is everyone. Um, but for us, you know, we're still trying to get in that top four, and um, there's there's a shot at that if we can take care of our business and then get a little help from some other people, um, just because of who we've beaten um, head to head. So. Um, for us, it's just, again, continue to get better and set ourselves up by playing really well going into the t- conference tournament because you don't want to be stumbling into the tournament. You want to be playing well and feeling confident about who you've played and who you've beaten. And for us, it's you know it's two good opponents. And UAB, who's still tied with um, Western Kentucky atop the standings, felt like we let one get away from us here. We were up four with two minutes to go. And and didn't play very well at all. And so for us, we, we want to go back on the road and, and be able to get that one. And um, for us, we've got to continue to, to rebound the basketball. We've got to be aggressive offensively and push and transition and take make the most of our offensive possessions that we get. And then, um, you know, we don't focus so much on the standings. Our players are aware of it. They understand how important these games are. You know, not no one game's more important than the other, but we've got to continue to focus on controlling what we can control as a group and not be worried about who's playing who and and whatever else is left because everybody else we've got two games everybody else has three some most teams have four games left because we haven't had our bye so there's still with two weeks to go a lot that can happen as always we appreciate the time thanks you guys have a great day you bet brooke store from the late texas head coach joins for her weekly visit yes indeed um Aaron, do you have a Winter Olympic prepared for us? I do not right off the top of my head, but uh, I'm sure you do. I actually do. Uh, uh, if you want to hit the music or uh, you want to take a time out first. Uh, we got a couple minutes, so uh, go ahead, Jake. All right, so today I'm trying to drag this out to, to the music. Uh, no, go ahead. Okay, well. I can hear you. I feel like it's more. Yes, please. <laughs> we need a little bit of drama. Um, so, there, there it is. Thanks, Tabor. Tabor's the man. All right, so, I'm going to give you five reasons why Team USA was humbled at the Olympics, and I'm talking about the men's hockey team. I may or may not be reading this directly from ESPN.com, but I will not say whether that's true or false. <laughs> what kind of statement is that? 
<laughs> make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's the Winter Olympic. Uh, what's this called again? A moment or minute. And actually, minute. actually a real one's coming up at the top of the hour oh. by Fox Sports. Okay, well. We'll see who does it better. It's I, not who wore it better. It's who does it's who it better. It's who did it better. Okay. All right. It ended not with a miracle, but with a mule. The United States men's team, hockey's superpower. I had no idea that was okay. the case. Sent packing one game before the medal round by the Czech Republic on Wednesday. Now, there are five reasons why this happened, Aaron, and I don't have to tell you, but I'm going to tell our listeners. One, the blown power play. As you'll recall, Aaron, the worst part about this 3-2 shootout loss to the Czechs was the game never should have been there. They had a power play that they absolutely blew. Second reason, the Slovenia, Slovenia loss. In the end, Team USA's stunning 3-2 loss to Slovenia in the tournament opener didn't dramatically alter its seeding because of goal differential. It was likely headed to a first-round matchup with Slovakia anyway. Mm. But the loss was humbling, Aaron. It was humbling. Third reason, preparation. Turns out, team needs more than a few Google Hangouts, WhatsApp chats, and five practices to jail before the Olympic tournament. That's really all they had to prepare for this. That's quite sad. Four, they needed more Ryan Donatos. As you'll recall, Aaron, Ryan Donatos from Harvard, you know what kind of season he's had. Five goals in the Winter Olympics. And last but not least, they were just hamstrung from the start. Mm. That's your Winter Olympic. I think I did it better than Fox Sports. (laughs) (laughs) We were constantly monitoring the Winter Olympics, giving you – the best. Why didn't you give me the uh, Russian curling story with the curling? I was there. saving that for you. Uh, you you uh, wanted performance to performance enhancing uh, drug, something that uh, I was supposed to, tease it. to, to increase to it. Uh, his stamina. And now the coach is saying that perhaps that uh, the, the darn housekeeper slipped it in, drugged him. See, that was a better story. I was going to let you read uh, that one with gusto, you. and you just blew it. Uh, how did I blow it? The Russian curling officials have said that uh, that's all I can say his name <laughs> could have been uh, set up by a rival Russian athlete or a political uh, enemy of the country. And I, okay, going to okay. lose his gold medal because of it in curling. Yeah, if if these type of shenanigans are going on in curling, <laughs> we are in a sad state of affair <laughs> in the world. 7 o'clock hour in the books. Hit us up on the hotline, 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive returns after this. Coming up, a very happy ULM head coach, Keeper Shard, joins us on the Morning Drive. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.